because I knew if I was going to do this, I needed to make it public. So on the 1st of January of 2020, I posted this big status telling everyone what I was going to do for the year. I was going to do charity runs, I was going to compete in my first white-collar boxing event, and I was going to better myself and get the life that I wanted. I set up this little trailer that went alongside it, and this just sort of solidified everything for me. As a video maker, it's what I wanted to do. Gymshark 66, week one. So the first thing that I did of this year, of this documentary, was the Gymshark 66 challenge. I didn't know about this until, I think, the 30th of December of 2019. So it was last minute that I sort of signed up for it and said I, I, I would take part. And that was the perfect thing for me at that time. It was it was what I was looking for and what I needed to get back into everything. 66 days, 9 weeks, 3 months, just to get back into the gym, get into that routine, into that mindset. So every week I did a weekly Gymshark update of what I did, how I completed the challenges. Uh, I made a fitness account on Instagram to sort of try and put daily stuff on there, to sort of day by day say I was doing stuff. and and uploading. Um, that was then sort of going to be progressed through the rest of this year but naturally with things that happened later on it didn't end up doing anything and sort of just died that account but what that sort of taught me is is I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I needed to get there but I knew what I wanted to do. That was only just the start. Them videos which is quite similar to the one I'm doing now was was the start. I was shy. I was unconfident. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to set up properly. I knew nothing really about lights or cameras and angles and and making videos and stuff interesting. So not only did that push me back into getting into my fitness, getting into my gym routines and, and starting to train for this boxing match, which now I've signed myself up publicly for and I cannot back down, it also helped me a lot with my video work because I do love editing and stuff and when I look back at my old work that I used to think was so good and so high it's it's poor quality compared to now the stuff that I'm able to produce I'm nowhere is near you know professional like Troy Roscoe but as an amateur who does this just in his free time I don't think I'm that bad so a large part of the Gymshock 66 actually helped me um, be better with food. I've always been a fussy eater, it comes from my mum's genes, and I all I used to eat was chicken nuggets and chips or anything that was sort of microwavable, so it usually was a tin of beans. And so I wanted to eat more, I wanted to learn how to cook, because I, I didn't know how to use anything other than a microwave, and I thought, everyone always says the most important thing about fitness and training is the diet, I never understood that, but after I cut out all of my crisps, Kit Kats, chocolates, cookies and started actually eating normal-ish I realized how much sort of weight I would lose and how better I immediately looked after cutting them out for such a short period of time so to help me cook to spend time with my dad it was it was great it was the a really great three months to the year so is it just like a little tiny pizza during the 66 challenge, come to the end of it, I went backpacking with my friend Lachlan. We travelled Central Europe, and this was my this was my big reach of, of seeking discomfort. I'd never done anything like it before. I usually go on holidays once a year with my family, but that's just to, you know, a holiday resort or on a cruise ship, so I'm, I'm quite safe with them. I don't really venture out much. I have a look around daily at the shops and stuff, but other than that, that's about it. I <laughs> completely trusted Lachlan, like 100% with it. Uh, the pair of us are idiots. You're a fucking mess, you yeah. But nevertheless, we travelled from Newcastle Airport to Amsterdam, from Amsterdam to Prague, Prague to Bruno, Bruno to Bratislava, Bratislava to Vienna, from Vienna back to Bratislava, where we hired a car to travel all the way around Slovakia and then back to Budapest before I came home from Dusseldorf back to Newcastle Airport.
that was a three-week uh, journey from the end of February to the beginning of March. It was the last holidays I had at the hospital I worked at, um, and I wanted to make a really big travel of it. So it was quite compact, and we didn't have a, a lot of time, really, so we had to rush through quite a few things. But I liked it because I managed to get, for the first time, backpacking, not solo-y, but I sort of still count it as solo because I didn't have my family, I had my mate. It just, it made me realise when I was out there, the kindness of, of people uh, who we met on an app called Couchsurfing or on the Yes Theory community pages, which we were both a part of. It's amazing that people will, will take you in, will host you, will show you around the meetups and the night outs. It was incredible. It was the greatest experience of my life and realistically, one, one of the only good things that probably came from 2020 because I learned so much about myself. I knew then what I needed to do. I wanted to come home, I wanted to travel England a lot more. We started hearing about the COVID stuff while we were there and we were trapped in Bratislava for eight hours or so trying to wait for a bus or a coach or anything to get us out before they went into lockdown and we were stuck there. Sitting miserable because my bus is almost an hour late because of this coronavirus. <coughs> So we knew that we were going to be on the lockdown when we got home to England. So I knew fine well from then I'd travel the UK. I've not seen much of it and I live here so I want to travel a lot more of the UK. I wanted to host a lot more Yes Theory meetups. I wanted to, to help people feel as good and as happy as I did when I was getting hosted by someone. I look up to a lot of the people and a lot of the guys and, and the girls we met who, who were so nice and warm and kind and, and, and shared their experiences with me. I was just, you know, an idiot who somehow like joined in with a bunch of full-time travellers. Lachlan did it for six months beforehand and everyone we met basically was travelling and, and doing this for the for themselves for their full life but for me it was like a the three-week vacation where I did something stupid and daft so I wanted to help people feel like that as well I wanted people I wanted to inspire people and help them feel safe and comfortable and and seek discomfort for themselves <clears throat> so that's what I wanted to do when I got home Good evening. the struggle against COVID is the biggest crisis so of course we came back and COVID happened um, lockdown life wasn't so bad. For me, nothing really changed. I work in a hospital, as I said previously. So for all of us, it sort of just, it amped itself up a bit. Everything got a bit more intense. We all got a bit tense. We all did try and stay positive. Um, got to a lot of us. I think it got to all of us, really. It was just, it was weird and it was hard. Especially with how nice the summer ended up being. It was incredibly frustrating when you're working in a hospital at the peak of a global pandemic and you see everyone enjoying the sun. You, sh you have a little bit of jealousy in a sense that, you know, you didn't pick a job or a career that, you know, you could just work in an office, you could get furloughed and then you could be paid to, you know, go in the park, enjoy the sun, tan, do what you want. Loads of people really thrived at the beginning of lockdown compared to me and realising that everything I'd planned for this year, the runs, the charity events, the skydive, the boxing would all be cancelled really mentally got to me and at that point I fell into the lowest I have in a while and it scared me. I, I didn't know what I, I needed to do, what I wanted to do anymore, I didn't know how to do anything that I did. I tried clinging on to everything that I could and stressing trying to keep everything that I, I I promised myself that I'd do this year. However, as it, as it went on, you know, it got easier for me because it was just normal life. And then the COVID rules and restrictions then also became normal life. Wearing a face mask at the hospital 24-7, you know, made me just numb. I'd walk out, walk around in public with a face mask on and completely forget it was there. 
loads of people still now, even in December, will complain about it. And that's fine. That's fine. But it is what it is, and you do what you've got to do, and I'll do it. But a lot more people are starting to suffer now in the second lockdown and, and you know, these winter times. And I think that's because we all expected for it to be a couple of weeks, a month or two, and then we'd all be out and life would go on, but we're not. For me, I still have a full-time job. I still leave the house daily to do work. I come home and I can still train at the gym because they're now open, but even if they were closed, I've got, you know, weights and stuff in my garage. I built a lot of home stuff to keep us going through quarantine. It's a lot harder doing it at home and getting it in your mental, mental strength to put yourself downstairs and, and, and work out. If you're in the gym, you're in that environment, it's a lot easier, but if you're downstairs and home, it's a lot harder. So I have struggled a lot with that, but I've kept going as much as I can. I've still got Stu Roper from Armageddon Fit who, who helps me through this entire year train for my boxing and then even in lockdown doing outdoor sessions or one-to-ones inside when they were allowed and just because gyms were open I'm allowed to go and see him. So the sessions are, are fantastic and phenomenal and he's really kept me going fitness wise above everything else because I don't if I if I didn't have Armageddon fit I don't think I would have stayed as active as I have physical appearance I've had my ups and downs with it at times I felt really good and better than ever and at other times I've seen that I've let myself go or looking back to what my strength was before this year started is a lot greater than what it was coming out of lockdown but I've got to remember that all of us have been on lockdown. It's not easy for a lot of us to sort of stay as active as I did in the gym. And with the new sort of restrictions when I'm only allowed 50 minutes and then I have to come out and book another session, it, it's, it's a lot harder when my sessions are usually 90 minutes and now I'm expected to do everything in 50 or book a double slot, 50 few minutes out, clean, 50 back in. It just, it takes you out of that zone and then you realise how tired you are and you just want to go home and so it's it's really hard and really difficult so Hello and welcome to the Marvel Snowball Success Limelight However because of being at home quite a lot of the time not for me, I mean I suppose personally but still I couldn't go out on weekends like I usually do couldn't go to see friends, couldn't go on nights out and stuff I wanted to do something and because I still wanted to make people feel better and try and help people um, using the Yes Theory community uh, there was a lot of opportunity for me watching everyone's little lockdown hobbies and so I joined a lot of podcasts just to sort of talk about my experiences, what it's like for me still working in the hospital. I saw a post um, from a girl called Nora who started the Metamorphosis podcast and I said I'd love to be on an episode. I'd love to come on, come do a talk with you. At this point I'd never done a podcast before in my life. Uh, well, I mean, that's a lie. I did one, I did do one when I was a kid uh, in year seven called The Life Pod and I thought that would be a really big thing. It was just me and my mate just recording ourselves just talking on Skype for a bit. That was really embarrassing. Um, so technically I have done a podcast, but <laughs> no one ever watched a verse to. Proper podcast-wise, this was the first time. Uh, and hear yourself on Spotify as well and have someone narrate over like the story you tell. It's weird. Uh, but it was a cool sensation, nonetheless. But from doing her podcast and and her message of sort of speaking to these in, these individuals who have um, this interesting story to tell, these lives, these these experiences, really hit hard with me with just a great idea that this could be something I could use while in lockdown to somewhat still get out of this year what I intended, but just having the changes slightly. I then joined um, the Marvelous Cinematic Podcast, which was actually my old college mate, Henry. Um, we did media together in, in A-levels, and he runs his own podcast, uh, talking about films and stuff, and me being a film freak and sort of wanting to do a lot more filmography, um, said, yeah, I'll jump on an episode with you. That'll be great. So we filmed an episode, um, that was fantastic. Uh, talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, my absolute favorite. And then I got contacted by a guy called Atar, who sort of had seen some of my posts and and stories through the, through the pages and stuff, and he runs a company called Success Limelight, and he wanted to talk to me about 
about the boxing, about this documentary and about working in the hospital during the pandemic. I, I sure hope you're as excited as I am because um, at the age of 21, this young man, you know, he just continues to amaze the world. <laughs> so let's get right on to the show. I said, yeah, I'd love to be a part of your show, I'd love to be a part of it, hit me up. And so doing these podcasts really give us this idea that I was sort of planning in my head in the background of I could do something very similar. Now, at the beginning, it wasn't meant to be a podcast. It was just meant to be like a little YouTube series or a YouTube video that would go along this documentary. Um, and that's the title, Let's Talk. So the Let's Talk, the, the name came because what I wanted to do originally was I wanted to do all these things, <clears throat> do all these charity events, and you know, do the things I've, I've always wanted to do, but always been too afraid of. Skydive, do the Great North Run, go skiing, the boxing, 5k, 10k, mud run, colour run. I wanted to do all these things, and it's great me doing it on my own, but it's always better to share the experience with someone else. Like travelling through Europe with Lachlan, that was great. If I did that by myself first time, I'd have crumbled, I'd have broke. I wouldn't have enjoyed it, but because I had my best friend there, I loved it. So I knew I needed to do something similar and because I wanted to give back to the community for helping me when I was traveling because I wanted to tell people seek discomfort and get out of the comfort zone like I did and feel comfortable with it it was important for me to get someone someone I've never met before that was important to me so I started going through Instagram started going through Facebook and Twitter just trying to find people with interesting stories um, interesting motives and people who seem crazy enough to want to do these ventures with me um, and so I thought because of COVID there's a lot of things I can't do so continue I'll still try and find these people because without COVID I would have found these people and just done whatever charity activity we did but because of COVID I couldn't but I still wanted to meet these people so I asked them if they would come and do a talk with me about the plan that we're going to have and about why we're going to do it. So my first ever Let's Talk was with a girl called Tori. Tori is a fantastic girl who um, suffers from body dysmorphia and went from this really unhealthy size to really super skinny put a bit more weight back on and now was comfortable with her own body she then decided she would run for the little princess trust which is basically a charity that um provides wigs for young people who are going through leukemia oh. and they give um and like cancer treatments and stuff yeah. like that um and they give wigs for free which usually cost over £500 to make because they're custom fitted to mm -hmm. each little girl and I kind of want to dedicate my personal journey in regards to mental health towards these young girls because I know in my situation I could change everything that I wasn't happy about but with losing your hair you can't change that so mm -hmm. I want to kind of dedicate my journey as trivial as it is in comparison to trying to help if I can help one young girl improve her self-esteem and mental health going through such a hard time and that feels so yeah. accomplished. <laughs> she was doing this by doing her own 10k with the weight that she'd lost on her back using like weighted vests and she was also taking part in the Miss Liverpool 2020 competition in hopes to become Miss England. Uh, sadly of course I, I have heard that she hasn't been able to get first place however like all x-factor contestants it's never the winner that goes far it's always the people that come second place and tori came second she's told us a few little things behind closed doors which i won't mention because i don't know contractual wise what she's got to do but i have absolute every faith in her that she is going to smash this next like part of her life and i wish her the absolute best for it so she was my first one, and I was very nervous um, for it. Uh, I didn't really know what to do or how to do it. And, and it was good for me because it was this 
this way I could I could build myself videography wise, I learn the new skills, I make an error here, next time I do a let's talk I'll do this or this or this. And so what we did was we, we did the let's talk, we talked about her body dysmorphia, her mental struggles, her physical struggles. That for me then helps me personally to grow, especially for the rest of this year. I'm doing this personal growth, I want to hear other people's stories, how they've coped, what they've went through, how I can sort of connect with them on that, how I can use that to better myself. Then for anyone who's watching, it's a great way to then also get that inspiration and motivation that you can achieve what you want to do. You can change your life and get the ideal world you want to live in. And for Tori or any of my guests, it's, it's a way to to get themselves out there, to seek discomfort in themselves, to tell their story, to have that platform, that audience, that that exposure. And for me to be able to provide that for them feels really nice and lovely. So me and Tori, what we did is we did a workout in the garage because I know she was she's going for her PT qualifications. Um, originally we were going to go in a gym and sort of compete with each other, uh, which is still planned to do. but. The best we could do in a lockdown situation is do it in her back garden. So that's what we did. Um, and then I helped her edit her Miss Liverpool Beauty video. After that, it, it kept going. Uh, I contacted a bodybuilder in Vancouver called Tia, lovely lady as well, uh, who she told me all about her sort of fitness and that and putting herself out there and, and, and doing what she wants to do and feeling good in herself. Courtney, <laughs> the lovely, lovely Courtney. Contacted Courtney because uh, I wanted to do a skydive and I thought, yeah, Courtney looks like a, a lovely girl. I've seen her Twitter post. She seems very interested all for the mental health um, promotion, especially in herself because it was a very personal uh, Twitter post. So I contacted her and said, look, I've got a crazy idea. Do you want to do a skydive? And she agreed. We did our Let's Talk. She was doing it for the Seller Trust uh, charity which she was working for and after a few cancellations due to weather and, and other things we finally took part in our skydive And to me that was thrilling because I've always wanted to do a skydive. I look more scared on the videos than I, I felt on the day. I was nervous, yes, but I can't remember being that scared. But apparently I was. I uh, currently loved it and the video blew up, the podcast episode blew up. Um, and the lovely, lovely messages I was getting from everyone, but more specifically from Courtney herself, where she just thanked us for giving her this platform, being able to put herself out there as as she did doing the skydive which she'd always wanted to do but never done it before um, and it was lovely and, and you know Tori being my, my first let's talk I hold her dearly in my heart Courtney for all them lovely messages and, and the amount of time me and her spent with each other compared to everyone else I've done stuff with uh, I also hold her very dear in my heart there's a lot of episodes that I haven't been able to get out this year but I've put the evenings with, which is sort of just a little behind the scenes. Um, but the ones I have managed to get out, the two really big ones, which um, to me was just an incredible, surreal experience, was DJ Danny K and Brooke Johnson. Danny is a fantastic videographer and a creative media guy who works 
uh, for Affirmative Media in Lincoln. I'm originally from Leeds, but I moved to Lincoln about four years ago. Um, started studying here at uni, doing media production, and then I've slowly gone on to both um, help build a company called Affirmative um, with one of my friends. Um, so he kind of approached me when he was starting his own startup, um, basically doing film production, um, like music videos, um, event videos, all sorts of different things. And yeah, I kind of got involved with that and that's what I've been doing for the past three years while I've been at uni. And I've graduated this year, so now it's kind of my full-time job. Um, so I'm technically head of creative, which basically means I'm in charge of everything to do videos, photography, uh, graphic design, web design, that sort of stuff. And to see his work with Nathan Daw and KSI working with Troy Roscoe, who was a big uh, idol of mine, uh, was phenomenal. To, to talk with Danny and, and to become quite close friends with him is, is amazing and I, it was just such a, a surreal experience. But that was the probably best quality one I'd done at the time. I had the camera angles, I had lights, I had the setup and it was just such an easy and flowing talk where I didn't feel nervous or anything and it was interesting listening to him and we had a proper photo shoot afterwards and it was incredible. It was, it was one of the best days of my life video wise but it just proved that all the ones I'd done before really helped Ampers to to know where my errors were and what went wrong to then be a little bit better. I still had a few errors in Danny's one, one of the cameras was out of focus um, and the other one kept turning off every every so often but I managed to get around it and I think I did quite okay. And then of course Brooke uh, a massive inspiration to me from the beginning of, of my S theory com uh, community time. Seeing all of her posts and what she posts, her sneaking into the Golden, Golden Globes, KSI versus Logan Paul event, um, all of the stuff she'd posted to follow her, it was incredible. And I never expected, I, I sent her a few messages in the past, but I never expected a reply because I always saw her as this very big idol. Um, and eventually once she accepted my friend request and messaged and that was incredible so from then I was like I, I want to do a let's talk with you I want you on this podcast I wanted to speak to her to get to know her because she's such an incredible and motivational person just her her attitude towards life her her risk-taking and views on just herself is just so so motivational and I wanted that sort of energy and I wanted her on the show as well. The best thing I've realized, I would say Jay, is how incredible people are. Um, and how incredible the community I have met along that two year journey. How thankful I am for the people in my life. I didn't realize how long my friends had been in my life until I got back to my hometown here the other day and I voice memoed like all of them and I was like hey I just want to let you know like I love you so much and thank you for being my friend like I would say that like the biggest thing that I've realized and the thing that I'm most thankful for and if I lost everything right now I would never lose my friends and that's what's really cool is that like knowing that if I go somewhere I always have a couch to sleep on I always have someone to um, to have a laugh with and it was it was a really great video for me It was so fun to edit probably my longest and most hardest one to edit so far um, But it, it would to me it was worth it. I love watching it back. I love listening to it um, Every now and then and then to sort of to plan her to come down and be on the undercard of my boxing fight would be phenomenal for me to go to LA to see her and whether that is to film stuff or just to uh, hang around would be fantastic and crazy and a year ago I would have never thought that I'd get that opportunity with Brooke or I would be doing something like that anyway in general um, yeah so it kept going and I've got so much more planned I've got uh, built by L I've got passion for travel I've got a counselor who cares um, there's so many amazing people I've managed to meet from it and I really can't wait to edit their videos together for them to share for themselves. And then I cannot wait to to meet up with them and, and film something proper with them. Hi, 
So I talk a lot about the, the seek discomfort stuff, and it's all because of the yes theory community. Now, a stranger is a friend that you haven't met yet, and life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So, because 2020 was awful and has been dreadful, uh, a lot of the stuff I've done is work and the podcasts and stuff, which were great, but I wanted to get out more, I still wanted to do stuff. Doing the skydive proved to me that, yeah, with the restrictions and stuff, you can, you can still go out and have fun and, and do stuff as long as you, you know, you save social media distance, washing your hands, face masks and all sorts. So I wanted to do as many S-Theory meetups as I could. I wanted to take part in them. I wanted to converse with everyone. So I posted a status on Facebook, on the Facebook group. Um, anyone fancy going to Old Towers? Because I've not been to a theme park or a proper one in years. I've never been to Old Towers, actually. And loads of people messaged back. I said, it's going to be this date. And after conveying with a few of them, I broke it down um, to Katie, Sophie, and her friend Mia. And then there was meant to be a, a lad called Sean and his friend Kyle to come along. Them two had to cancel last minute due to work restrictions around the pandemic. And so we all met up. And for Katie and Sophie, it was their first ever Yes Theory meetups. And Mia, who had just sort of heard it from Sophie, was sort of her ever exposure to, to Yes Theory and seeking discomfort. And so for me, I held a lot of, a lot of importance that I need to make this like one of the greatest days for them. I mean, I didn't do anything. It was just me in the end. I, I just did what I, I, I usually do. I acted as I did. We all, we all bounced off each other. We all had a really good time at Allen Towers uh, from the very beginning when it opens to the very end. <laughs> and it was a fantastic day and um, that, was, that was just the start. From that point on, I was like, yes, this is, it's all go from here on out. <laughs> There was a girl who I met on Yes Theory who, during lockdown, wanted a pen pal. So me and a girl called Amber became pen pals and we would write letters to each other each week. Um, I was always atrocious with it because I'm very bad at writing um, and of course worked. So I found it hard finding time to, to write it. I usually wrote it on my lunch break at work or write it in my nans when I'd look after her. And eventually we agreed that we'd meet up. After speaking about where she's from in Somerset, I agreed that, yeah, we'll meet up. Lockdown sort of eased. I was allowed to travel, uh, but we couldn't mix households and stuff. So I camped out in my car. But I travelled all the way from the northeast, all the way down to Somerset, to meet this stranger who I'd been writing letters to for the past month and a bit. Having such an incredible weekend with Amber and finding out how lovely she was as a person, how great she is as a photographer, we agreed to meet up again to go to the lake districts for her birthday. It's great having a friend like that and to feel that close to, to someone in a completely platonic way. Along the lake district, uh, the few days beforehand, I actually went to the Peak District as a lad called Callum posted on Facebook that he was organizing a trip uh, for the weekend. And I said, yeah, I'm up for that. I'm all go, let's, let's do it. So. I went down, there was a last minute cancellation, and that's where the girl Katie, who came to the Olden Towers trip with me, came along too. I invited her because we needed someone last minute. I went, I know someone who's free and stupid and crazy enough to join us literally last minute. Uh, and all of us had such a phenomenal time. Uh, of course, with poor weather conditions and it being still lockdown-ish. We, we made the most of it, we were in the apartment for most of it, but we played games, we had sock-offs, uh, we still hiked quite a bit, we ended up jumping in a river. <laughs> oh, it was such a crazy experience, but it just, that moment, at the peaks, <clears throat> followed by the lakes, just proved to me that this is this is the life I want to live. For the first time in the entirety of 2020, I felt happy with myself that I was living the life that I wanted to live. I had a bunch of friends who I'd never met before, but were all strangers, but just felt like really good mates. We were all having a laugh, we were hiking, we were 
going down these caves and mines and seeing these wonderful crazy things we were eating. I mean, I was cooking at that point, so I was cooking pasta, but we had pizzas one night, we were drinking. Life was just normal and good after so, so many months. So I reckon all the music classes and Of course, with the with the highs, also comes lows. Uh, twenty twenty has been hard, not because of COVID. That hasn't been the worst thing to happen. That to me is now nothing. the The life I've still been able to live, the work I've still been able to do, the people I've met, is phenomenal. So I can't thank COVID enough. Yes, it's messed up all of my plans for this year, but it's helped make them better. So that next year, when hopefully I can do a lot more of these things, this vaccine seems to work and, and travel's allowed and the runs are allowed, then yes, next year is going to be twice as better as this one. But this one has been good because like I said before with the videography, it's, it's doing it them few times beforehand, realising the errors and the mistakes and where you need to improve and then adapting to it. And I think with this year it's just been that. It's been finding myself in the route I'm on and now it's going to be better so COVID hasn't been the worst earlier this year the worst thing that could have happened happened I I lost my granddad that week was the worst week of my life Watching him slowly deteriorate from December till till the end of June was awful. Especially considering for at least two of the months I was away travelling and the remaining three before he died we were in lockdown so we couldn't go in and see him. We did the best we could with sitting in the garden having social distance parties or or drinks or quizzes but it it wasn't the same as it was and to to know and see him dead is is horrible uh, I tortured myself the day I found out and made a video of me and him from all the video tapes that I, I did previously um, and then the, the day of his funeral, a week afterwards, I, I tortured myself again and made a video from all the videotapes of him and my family. And I watch them every morning. Every day I will watch it and every day I still miss him. To not be able to just go around his house and talk to him ask him advice or, or listen to his terrible jokes affected me more this year than anything ever has and it will continue to affect me from this point on I went back into counselling because of it I had a therapist for many weeks to to just express my feelings having mental problems in the past it was kind of needed um, and I miss him I miss him so the rest of this year <clears throat> from that point I knew I needed to do good things. I know I needed to do everything that I promised I would do for him. I knew I needed to make him proud in any way and every way I could. It really affected uh, my, my training. Stu at the centre told us to take a few weeks off boxing because I, I wasn't able to eat and I was passing out in, in training because I was so starved and deprived of food and, and water and stuff. And I finally got in my head that Everyone always said or joked that I'm not a fighter and I'd be stupid if I ever took part in a fight. My granddad would always teach us just to 
clobber any bullies that came up to us. So to announce the fight, he was really the only supporter I had from the start, um, while everyone else sort of said I was an idiot and wanted me to stop. So the pressure of now not only documenting everything leading up to the fight, but that added pressure of I've now got a win for him fuels me. I'm moving fast, yeah, I'm switching up gears. I give it everything I got, I'm going clear. And I'm back like I ain't never left. It's my time, yeah, I said it with chest. I got one in the chamber, been spraying up my life because I got one left. Bullet, yeah, I'm a bullet. I'm an icon like Rude Bullet. I live like. Um, especially with the John Lewis Christmas advert that I pretended to make. I, I shot this in October, knowing that John Lewis usually around the second week of November upload their Christmas advert. So I thought I'd get there first, so I posted this, making it seem like it was the John Lewis Christmas advert. An emotional tribute to my granddad, um, showing my family and sort of summarising this entire year. And it blew up, massively. Uh, in my local community, everyone said they've seen it. Uh, loads of people from all over were asking, how are you and how's your nan in the John Lewis advert? How did this happen? Oh my God, has everyone seen the John Lewis advert? To which Sunderland Echo got in contact and said, we we want to have a talk, an interview with you. We want to do an article on you. So I said, yeah, sure, do it. Let's, let's go, I'm up for that. And I was in the paper and I was on, on the TV uh, talking about this 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 video and it blew it became the most popular video on this channel with 56,000 views which trumps the um what's the next one i think it's um i think it's the rocky horror picture show which has like 23,000 and that's taken like 8 years to get to but this one christmas video which i done for a laugh blew up and became the best and the most. And from that point, the the business I've managed to get is is phenomenal. I'm doing promotional videos uh, for Armageddon Fitness. I'm doing editing for um, clients for pantomime shows and online live streams and and the the Mr. Liverpool things. Everything in this portfolio is just massively blowing up. And when you think to me a couple of years ago, starting media and learning it in secondary. Wanting to do this as a full-time job or, or be paid to, to make videos and edit. I never thought it was possible and now here I am living my younger self's dream. And it's, it's crazy, even at the beginning of this year when I thought nothing will come of it and I'll not be any good, I've got lights, backdrops, two cameras, and, well, I mean, I've got two cameras, I've got about five more in the cupboard. <laughs> but it's just, it's so crazy that this year that I can't keep track of it. I, I am baffled by it all. And I'm so happy that in a year where I thought everything is ruined, I haven't done my boxing, I haven't done the Great North Run or the Colour Run or the Mud Run. I haven't been able to dress as Captain America with the body I want and go to the St. Children's Hospital, St. Children's? St. Benedict's Children's Hospital and, and make these kids feel a little bit happy. I haven't done all that. But the people I've met and the experiences that I've had have still made this year ever so much more great. Hey, yo, my eyes be looking kind of mad, you know? <laughs> have I achieved everything that I wanted this year? No, I haven't. Have I been happy with this year? At times. This year has still been horrible and hard and very disappointing. And it is still the year we all lost. Next year, I hope to make next year my year. And to go bigger and better than I thought I was going to in the first place. I'm hoping to continue to meet some lovely individuals and, and people and uh, everyone who I've done a podcast with or let's talk with. I'm hoping travel restrictions ease and I can come and see them uh, and I want to better myself even more so than I have now. I've got the fundamentals, I've got the beginner's guide, I, I want to move up. I want to do better on myself and I'm going to constantly be pushing. At the start of this year for the first Gymshark week, 
I filmed what my body looked like. At the moment, of course, I'm in a sweater and jeans because it's cold, but this picture I took yesterday shows how much I've managed to change in, in this year. And it doesn't make any sense that in, in a year where gyms are closed, home equipment is ridiculously expensive, that I've still managed to somewhat physically improve myself. And because of the physical improvements, have came a lot of the mental struggles by keeping myself going physically. But with everyone I've met and everything I've done, and next year I want to do better. Next year I want to help more people. I want to meet up with the people who have helped me. Tori, Courtney, Brooke, Danny. And I want to, I want to go bigger and better. I'm still in contact with the girl called Katie, who, as you can probably tell by most of the videos, um, is playing a big part recently in a lot of the stupid crazy stuff I do, and I absolutely appreciate everything that she does for me. So I'm expecting a lot more daft and crazy stuff to be organised. Like this year, I will be taking part in the Gymshock 66 challenge. This again is going to be a way for me to get back into it, back to the gym after all of my videography projects have ended and for me it's a nice way to sort of look back and see the difference and the contrast between me back then and me now. How the videos will change, how the editing has got better, how different I've become. I look back at, at photos from last year and I've aged like a decade in this in this quarantine and I'm excited to, to see where I can go. I'm on the right path and I know I've made a significant dive from the start of this year to now, but I know I'm not finished, I know I've got stuff to do, and I know I'm going to achieve them. All I can say is thank you to every single one of you who have supported me throughout this journey. Thank you to everyone who has helped be a part of it, from the Let's Talks to the Yes Theory meetups. To anyone from Couchsurfing who let me stay when we backpacked through Europe. All my friends and family, everyone at the hospital. I want to thank every single one of you. This year hasn't been great. I don't think any of us can lie. But there's so many positives that we can still bring out of it. And it's always important to focus on those positives. All the negatives, like the start of this year, we use that to fuel greatness. So I'm looking forward to seeing every single one of you in the new year and I'm looking forward to continuing this journey for myself and for all of you to watch and take part. Thank you. So I'd like to talk about music classes and say all the best of luck to them.